Well, hey there, church. I want to welcome you all across the network. And I've got to say, I never get tired and, and I'm so grateful for how God allows us to worship in different spaces and places across our cities and around the region. Whether it's down in our Vida Nueva expression, or whether it's here with you at Rock Island, or maybe with our family in Bettendorf, or among the Menekwani, or maybe you're somewhere else in front of your iPad or computer, <laughs> you picked a great day to lean in. Because today, what we're doing reflects our heart as a church. In fact, everything we're doing in this Rites of Spring conversation reflects our heart as a church because it actually reflects what's important to God, what's important to Jesus. Therefore, it's important to us as a church and hopefully important to us as individuals. Now, this is week two, talking about the rites of spring. And, and I realize there's lots of different rites. There's even different ways to spell right. There, R-I-G-H-T, that, that's the difference between right and left. The opposite of right is left. The, the opposite of, of right is wrong as well. And then, then there's my family childhood friend named Wright, who said even when he was wrong, he was always right. <laughs> Laughed at it every time he said it. There's lots of different rights, but there's also rights spelled R-I-T-E, rights. And it's not a common word, but it's not unfamiliar either. And the dictionary definition that's relevant for us in the conversation is simply a formal or ceremonial act or procedure prescribed or customary in religious or other solemn use. Rights. So what we're doing is we're taking four weeks to look at four rites of the church. Sacred, solemn, ceremonial, prescribed rites of the church. But I want to make a disclaimer, rites of spring, we're doing this as we're striving intensely and expectantly for spring, hoping that it's here sooner than later. Anybody with me? And, and maybe your heart was filled with joy when you heard that Punxsutawney Phil said there would be an early spring. Mine was. Amen? But I got to tell you, I have no love loss for that ground pig. And it's not just because of weather. See, I have spent hours in the freezing cold in the dead of night as a state trooper in Pennsylvania managing thousands of people trying to cram themselves into Gobbler's Knob. It's craziness there, waiting for somebody to pluck him out of the ground. It's nuts. I have been in that space, and Bill Murray is not there. Not there. It's almost madness the way people cram into that space to see them pluck him out of the ground, whether he sees his shadow or not. And I get there is some comfort in hearing that there can be an early spring, whether he sees his shadow or not. But to be quite honest, he has nothing to do with it. It's all pretend. It's all fake. And quite honestly, I think that stinker is more trouble than he's worth. And I get, I get, I'm probably revealing I got some wounds, some issues, I need some counseling around this. I get it, I apologize. But we're moving expectantly towards spring, looking at a few rites of the church, sacred, solemn moments. What they are, why they're important, and we're creating space to engage them. This, this is week two. So we have two more weeks after this. You do not want to miss those. And last week we kicked this off by going deep into communion with the help of Pastor Josh. Today, though, we're leaning into baptism. What it is, why it's important, and creating space to engage it. And I got to tell you, I love, 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 love these weekends. They're powerful. They're impactful. 
God works and moves individually and corporately as we engage in these spaces. These are unique. I love these weekends. And I'm going to tell you, the the message is a bit more academic today, maybe a little more instructional. And even the design of our service is modified slightly to create the space to allow the engagement with baptism, to create the space for people to step into that dynamic. It's an important step for people in their relationship with God. And whether you have a personal experience with baptism or not, this conversation today has value as a reminder, as an encouragement, even as an invitation to a next step in your relationship with God. That's my prayer, is that you will, in this space, in this time, understand your next and take that next step. You see, for for thousands of years, the, the, the followers of Jesus were reminded of the faithfulness of God as they gathered for sacred moments together. They remained rooted while still reaching in God's purpose. In Him, through Holy Spirit, by the Son, for His purpose. They they gathered in sacred moments together. And one of those sacred moments was baptism. Baptism is one of those sacred moments to gather. And it's actually one of the ones that I think expresses our spiritual journey most overtly. In the symbolism of it. In the significance of it. And anyone or everyone who chooses to follow Jesus is to step into the waters of baptism. Anyone who has received Jesus as Lord and Savior is positioned to step into baptism. It was Peter, who was one of the first 12 disciples of Jesus, who said this. It's recorded in Acts chapter 2. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repenting from sin, turning from our sin leaning into baptism, finding forgiveness, and receiving the Holy Spirit through Jesus is no small thing. In fact, baptism is a key component because baptism is a next step of obedience. Baptism is a next step of obedience. A next step of what? Obedience. Obedience. Look, it's the next step of obedience for people who walk with Him. If you are in relationship with God through Jesus, if you have turned from your sin, if you have Ask Jesus to forgive you. He has given you new life. He has given you the promise of eternity in heaven. He's given you access to Holy Spirit. And baptism is a next step of obedience. It's next. Think about it this way. All of us, no matter who we are, we all start lost. We, we all begin in life lost. We're, we're spiritually lost. We're spiritually broken. We're broken in relationship with God. We're broken in relationship with others. It's because we are actually spiritually dead. We all start lost, lost in our sin, but we can be found when we receive Jesus as Savior we allow him to reach into our lives and cleanse us of the sin that makes us lost and separated from God, we can be found when he is our Savior. And then we're able to walk towards wholeness as we live in his lordship, his authority in our life. We are lost. We all start lost in sin. We can be found, and then we can walk towards wholeness. This is the reality for all of us. Because we start dead spiritually, we can actually become spiritually alive. When we walk this journey, all of us, 
because the wages of sin, the price of sin is death. We start spiritually dead, but we can be alive. Lost, found, and made whole, made new. And baptism, the waters of baptism are an integral part of that. Now, let me be clear. Baptism does not lead to salvation. It does not lead to being found. Being found, salvation, leads us to the waters of baptism. And if you're someone who has made the decision along the way to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, you've been found and you're working on the wholeness as you live under his lordship, but you have not yet stepped into the waters of baptism, you have an unresolved element in your life. You have an unresolved next step of obedience. And I want to encourage you by the end of our time here, as God leads you, if you have not stepped in obedience, having been found and working your way in wholeness, you've not stepped into this space that you will head out the back of the worship space that you're in across our network and talk to the folks who are there to help you take some next steps and move towards that obedient next step in baptism and maybe even doing it today. But as you're processing that, I want to talk a bit more about the what and the why behind what it is. See, water is a medium when it comes to baptism, but it's just the medium. We can, we can sprinkle, we can pour, or we can immerse in the baptism expression. Sprinkle, pour, immerse, what I like to call as drip, dump, or dunk. And we as a church, we focus on dunking. But I'll talk to you later about why that is. But I want you to understand that it's not about right and wrong and how we use the water. I mean, some people in scripture were baptized in the river. Some people stopped and got baptized in a roadside ditch. It's less about the how as it is about the what. So let me talk about the what. When we step from being found into the waters of baptism, we are dying to self. We're dying to sin. We're saying, I'm done with that. I'm done with me trying to lead my life. I'm done with the brokenness, the garbage, the stuff that makes me lost. I'm done. We die to self and we step into new life. This is the beauty of the baptism moment. This space right here is significant. It's a moment of moving from death to life. It's a moment of, of releasing and receiving. It's a moment of old and new, and it positions us to be able to return back up into this space and live towards wholeness alive in Jesus. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. We die to self. We live to him. It's symbolic, it's significant. But hear me, baptism does not lead to salvation. Salvation leads to the waters of baptism. It is a next step of obedience. It should be the next step of a faithful heart. Not just for us individually, but for those around us, for others. Jesus made this really clear. He said this in, in Matthew in, when he's giving the great commission or the, the marching orders, if you would, for us. He said in Matthew 28, verse 18 and on, he said, he said to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Not only are we to do this, to step into baptism, but we're to be leading others into that. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them. It's, an, it's obedience for us, 
but it's also obedience in how we engage with others and inviting them into the same process. See, one of the things to understand about baptism, it, it, it is not a personal and private thing. It, it's public and powerful. It's a demonstration of obedience. It's a declaration of faith. And in many ways, baptism is faith in action. Baptism is faith in action. It's obedience to what Jesus said, but it is also our belief expressed in the sacred moment. We're expressing our faith. We, we have a posture of trust as we step into the waters. It's a posture of trust in what he's promised. It's faith in what is not yet fully realized. It is faith in action. And baptism should be the first next step for people who are found, people who have been saved. It's faith in action. Check out what, what Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 and 27. He said, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Through what? Faith. Come on now. Through what? Faith. It's through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Listen, it is by faith that we are saved. It is by faith that we are found. Faith in Jesus Christ. But there is this element of baptism that comes along right behind it that allows us to be clothed in Christ. That is beautiful imagery. In fact, the word used, it's translated to clothe. The original word in the Greek is enduo. And enduo literally means to sink into and or to put on clothing. To sink into, to put on clothing. It's beautiful imagery, especially when we understand that in Roman culture, when a child became of age to an, uh, an adult, when they reached the age of being an adult, part of the process was them taking off their childhood robe and putting on a new toga that represented their adulthood and their full citizenship with all the rights and privileges associated with it. And Paul is playing off of that imagery to help the people, the readers, to understand that there is an element of taking off our sin, taking off the childhood, childish dynamics, to dying to self and putting on righteousness, putting on the freedom that comes with following Jesus, clothing ourselves in Christ. It's a beautiful demonstration of faith in action. And... It's not just an event that marks a previous decision, the, the, the choice to be found, to be saved. It actually bridges past, present, and future. It speaks to what Jesus has done. It identifies that he's working even now, what he's doing today, and it points to what he still wants to do. It is powerful. It is significant when we are stepping by faith in this action. We are washed and we are clothed. It kind of reminds me how when you and I, we put on a, a, a jersey of our favorite sports team. Whenever we put on a jersey like that, we're declaring our allegiance to that team. We're declaring alignment to it. We're, we're declaring our support for that team, that we follow that team. In a very similar way, stepping into the waters of baptism is like putting on the jersey of Jesus. We're declaring our alignment, our allegiance, declaring that we follow him, that we support him and his authority. It is faith in action. It's a moment where the internal decision to follow him transitions to an external declaration where we unashamedly say, I'm aligned to Jesus. 
I follow him. And it allows us to acknowledge God's claim on our lives because that's one of the things baptism does. Baptism acknowledges God's claim on our lives. His claim for us. Now, many uh, who make a decision to follow Jesus, who are found, they, they do that in private prayer moments. I understand that. Sometimes it happens in a large setting or a service where you're invited forward. Maybe it's a small group where you pay, pray with a group or maybe just with one person. It can happen in lots of different spaces, but I think it's safe to say that most people end up making a decision to follow Jesus in private prayer moments. And that's okay. But the next step of obedience moves of obedience moves beyond the private moment to a public one to faith in action the inward decision being declared in an outward expression baptism now it was the apostle paul the guy who was a missionary and church planter who clearly described in romans 6 he says this do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into christ jesus were baptized into his death We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. There is this reality of moving from private to public, from from head and heart moment to hands and feet expression as we walk in newness of life. Baptism acknowledges God's claim on our lives. It is this moment where the internal decision is expressed in an outward action. And if, again, if you're someone who has moved from being lost, mired and stuck in sin, you have been saved and rescued by Jesus by faith, you're now walking the wholeness journey under his lordship, but you have not stepped into the waters of baptism. That is an unresolved area of your spiritual journey. It is a next step of obedience. So if you have been found, but have not yet been baptized, I encourage you even right now across our network to head to the back of your worship expression. Talk to the folks that will help you take some next steps and perhaps step into that water today. It matters. Baptism declares his claim on our lives. We die to self, we live for him. The old is gone, the new has come. In our releasing, it positions us with a posture of receiving. It's significant and it's important. In fact, baptism is symbolic, but it is significant as well. Baptism has the symbolism, but it is also significant. We, we actually look to him as we step in surrender and obedience. When we step that way, he begins to transform us. He works by Holy Spirit in our lives to change us. And sometimes I think we, we're just looking at his process as he's trying to make us clean and he's trying to make us good. But my friends, he, his goal is far bigger than that. He wants to give us life. He wants to move us from death to life. It is not just about making us clean or making us better. It's death to life. It was C.S. Lewis who said this really clearly. Jesus did not come to make bad men good, but to make dead men live. This is the reality of what Jesus invites us into. This is the reality of what's demonstrated symbolically and significantly through baptism. And in scripture, we can read about people who made decision to follow Jesus and then immediately were baptized. One dude stopped his chariot, got out, and was baptized baptized in a roadside ditch. Where there are other moments where entire households were baptized after they stepped into faith and belief in Jesus. And then there were some who, who stepped by faith, but then 
later, when the opportunity came, stepped into baptism. All of that's fine and good. I just want you to understand, don't wait. It is a next step of obedience. Don't stop in the journey of of pursuing the depth of relationship, of dying to self and living again in him. Pursue him into the depths of baptism. Make that move from an inward decision to an outward expression, keeping in mind that baptism, baptism does not lead to salvation. Salvation leads us to the waters of baptism. So my friends, don't wait. Don't wait. And, and listen, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus just yet, you're still over in a space where sin still marks your life. You don't have the fellowship and relationship of being found and saved or living under his lordship. This is actually the place that you need to start today. Moving from lost to found. And if you move from lost to found, and the way to do that, there's actually a prayer and some instructions in the back of your note guide. If you do this today, you can actually move from lost to found. You can move from found to baptized, and you can start that journey towards wholeness today. It is, it is an invitation from Jesus for us to step into more, to step in the depths of understanding who he is and the fullness of life he offers. But listen, one of the, one of the greatest obstacles I see in the journey towards baptism for many people is, is the misunderstanding or the mistake of thinking that our readiness for baptism is somehow rooted in our perfection. That, that we're ready for baptism when we're better, when, when we're more good, when, when, when we've reached some level of improvement or perfection. Couldn't be further from the truth. See, our readiness for baptism is, is not about our perfection. It's about our posture. It's about who's in charge. It's about whose will we follow. It's about who's calling the shots. Baptism is not about our perfection. It's about our posture. And if we're waiting until we're perfect, if we're waiting until we're good enough, if we're waiting until we're ready, in that posture, we are saying we are Lord, not him. We are saying we are Savior, not him. Because we're trying to clean ourselves up. We're trying to make ourselves what we're supposed to be rather than coming before him and letting him do it. And in reality, baptism is ultimately about that posture. In fact, the posture I want to take, encourage you to take is uh, something I think Max Lucado really captures well for us. He's an author. He said this, baptism is bowing before the Father and letting him do his work. Take this posture, my friends. Coming before the Father, bowing before him and letting him do his work. The, the idea that you have to wait to be better or more perfect is not true. Come and die to self. Surrender, yield, clothe yourself in him. Let him do his work. It's not about your perfection, but your posture that allows you to be ready to step into this moment. And if he is truly your Lord, then bow before him. Do as Paul goes on to say in verse 11 of Romans 6. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Dead, dead and dying, gone to self, but alive in him. You know, th this process and entry into this space is not God plucking us from the pit of our problems and giving us some false, fake, or pretending moment of what could be down the road like Punxsutawney Phil does. <laughs> It is out of love, our God, when we step by faith, 
pulling us from sin and death and giving us life. He moves us from spiritually dead to spiritually alive and then invites us on a journey of wholeness if we will step by faith. It, it acknowledges his claim on our lives. It is a next step of obedience. It is faith in action. And the moment we step into this process, we spend the rest of our lives living in the beauty and fullness of what this is, wholeness. It's, it's a never-ending journey. We, we actually, when we get saved, that's a launching pad. Baptism is a milestone. It's a journey that we're on. But if you have this unresolved peace, it's a limiting factor. I believe that delayed obedience is disobedience. So if you've not yet stepped, why not? He says, come, die to self, clothe yourself in me. Let's go to so what in this conversation. We, we have talked a bit about what baptism is, why we do it. And now what I want to do is create the space to actually engage it, to lean into this sacrament, an opportunity to create that sacred moment of dying to self and coming and, and rising back to life, symbolic and significant in the lives of several of our brothers and sisters. So in a few moments, we're gonna have some folks across our network come and step into the waters, professing Jesus as savior, publicly proclaiming that, clothing themselves in Christ. It's beautiful, it's wonderful. We've had others in other services. We'll have some in this space and across our network. But in these next few moments, this is a special, beautiful time I am so glad you're here to see it, to witness it, even to engage it. Because quite honestly, this is a sacrament that has a personal expression of our relationship with Jesus. But it is also a sacrament that has a corporate connection to our unity and our fellowship. This is not just about an individual taking a next step. This is about us as the people of God embracing and celebrating in the sacred moment of baptism. And around here, we like to celebrate that with a bit of a party. <laughs> in fact, if, if you've never been to one of these before, or if you have, just as a reminder, we like to celebrate these moments. We like to hoop and holler. We want to acknowledge the significance in the symbolism of what it is. So in the next few moments, as they come, I invite you to enjoy the celebration. I invite you to reflect on the significance of what's happening. Even take time to consider the status of your own relationship with God. Here's one thing I know. God speaks in the moments when his people gather together, and he might be speaking to you. I encourage you to write that down. Use the note, guys. Say, God's talking to me about this. Try to figure out what is your next step that he's calling you to. You can even use the note guide to write down the names of the people you're seeing baptized today and how God's asking you to pray for them. Because this is a spiritual next moment and step. There is a spiritual battle that can wage around it. We need to pray for one another. I encourage you to write down the names of the people being baptized that you see and and commit to pray for them as they walk further in their journey towards wholeness. But this is a wonderful, beautiful moment. I told you that, that we focus on the dunk when it comes to drip, dump, and dunk. It's immersion. And we do that for a couple of reasons. In the original Greek, the, the word for baptize is immerse. It, it's an element of submerge and emerge that comes out of that word. And so, we do it for that reason, but we also do it because we believe that it is the fullest expression, the greatest experience of what we're actually doing or witnessing, of, of dying to self and, and stepping out of that in new life, clothed in Christ. It's the old God and the new come. It's releasing and receiving. So we're going to step into this. It's, it's significant. And the people who are stepping forward are professing faith in Jesus. They're, they're declaring their identity in him. 
It, it is a sacrament moment, but it is also a moment of clothing themselves in Christ. We want to celebrate that. So I again want to remind you that when somebody comes up out of the water, party. <laughs> Hoop it up, holler. Because this isn't just a moment of symbolism. This is a moment of significance in a sacrament that has an individual making a choice, internal to external, but also a corporate dynamic as well. So we're going to step into this. I want to take a moment to pray. And I invite you as we do this to maybe reflect on your own baptism experience in these moments and the significance of what that was. Maybe even consider, if this applies to you, why you haven't yet. Because it is a next step of obedience for all who follow Jesus. And while you're in that space, no matter where you're at in the spiritual journey, I invite you to enjoy this celebration and celebrate with the folks that are stepping into the waters before you. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you that your great love has pursued us. I thank you, Father, that you have not forsaken us, but that you have longed for us to turn to you, to repent from sin, to ask forgiveness of our sin, and to receive new life, the promise of heaven, and the access to the Holy Spirit to live out that journey of new life. So Jesus, in these next few moments, I pray that you would continue to speak and lead, that we'd all know what our next step is, and we'd have the courage to take it. But also as we celebrate together, as we witness baptism, as a few of us step into the waters and make that transition from internal to external, that public declaration of that inward faith, God, may this faith in action, this declaration of your claim on our lives, this obedient next step, may you reward it, May you empower, may you embolden, may you allow us to experience the fullness of life with you as a church and as individuals who walk in newness of life because of Jesus. Thank you for your love. We pray all this in the name of your son, in the name of our Savior, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen.